3: We are off and running in today's edition of Carver and Lisi with you, Sports Grid Radio, Sirius Channel 159, a lot to get to tonight, Lisey in the cockpit for Carver. He just texted me as the show opens, Dinger Tuesday, Mike Carver is hot again. The momentum continues for my partner with Dinger Tuesday. I didn't look at the tweet, but a lot to get into tonight. Yeah, there you go. You have all the kudos for Carver, right, Mike? Great. Date number two in the cockpit. You're worried about a 911 call yesterday from me, and now all of a sudden you're throwing roses at Carver because he's hot as a pistol. Amazing. We got a lot to get to tonight. We're going to get involved with the Major League Baseball. We got our business insider, Rick Harrow. He'll be joining us in about 20, 25 minutes. And Rick doesn't know that Carver's out, so hopefully I'll just tell him that Carver's in the bathroom see if we could get to through two segments with Rick Haro and then hour number 2 I am going to completely devote the second hour of the show to both college football win totals and the NFL so we'll try to get in as many as possible I'll break down maybe some week 1 games I'll get you prepped ready maybe some different views that I'm looking at that maybe a, a lot of the analysts or gurus or Sharps are looking at. I'm going to go the other way. Whatever they're looking at, I'm going contrarian. So we'll get you prepped and ready for that. You want to join in on the conversation, give us a call, 844-843-6879. I had a shot, Mike. I had a shot to get potentially a parlay, and I'll, I'll read Carver's tweet about what he has in terms of Dinger Tuesday, but I, I jumped into the total of Houston and St. Louis, and that total was eight. And it was like, I think it was 2 nothing early. And I'm like, I have some momentum. They had four runs, I think, in the top of the fourth. I'm like, all right, we're looking okay. And then all of a sudden, they hit a brick wall. Bottom eight right now. It's uh, St. Louis 4-2 over the Astros. I'll give you the updated line. I'm on the over in Philadelphia and Chicago. That total was eight and a half. right now, Philly... Uh, bottom six is up, but the the Cubbies threatening first and second with two outs, and then I jumped in this over, it was a dead over last night, Washington and Seattle, and I told you the algorithms were looking, like they had five runs in like the, the fourth, fifth inning, sixth inning, I don't remember exactly, but the Algos had a nine and a half, a ten and a half, they kept teasing you, and sure enough, I think they had 12, 13 runs by the time I got off air, it's 2-1 top two, runners on first and second Uh, one out for the Nationals. I'll give you the updated odds for the Major League Baseball and then we'll jump in to obviously Dinger Tuesday. Quick update in uh, Baltimore. I believe they're in a rain delay yet again. Cincinnati trying to break a three-game losing streak, I believe, against the Baltimore Orioles. 2-1 right now. I believe it's in the bottom of the eighth. We'll keep you updated. Updated line with St. Louis. Six and a half total. No line right now. Bottom eight. Phillies 5-1 that total is just a run line, uh, Philadelphia, minus 430, laying three and a half runs. Detroit and Texas, 3-2, Rangers lead top eight. That line is minus 950. It's a one-run game. You want to take a shot with the with the Tigers on FanDuel, plus 530 right now, top eight, one out. You want to take a shot? I might jump into that. I mean, that's appealing for me. Anything with a positive positive uh, vibe. I, I need to get off the schneid. I've been losing for like two weeks straight. KC Guardians, no score, bottom eight. Dodgers up 5 nothing top six. That total in Coors is down from 12, 11 and a half pre-first pitch to now 8.5, juice to the over at minus 146. LA Angels and White Sox, one nothing. Angels, top two. Runner on third, one out. 7.5 is the total. No score in the Yankees. Bottom of the second in Oakland and Tampa Bay getting absolutely kicked in the teeth against Arizona. Five nothing. Eleven and a half is the total. Maybe maybe just maybe I'll dive into that and double it up with Washington. Now, I talked to Demerge's before the show about Steve Cohen that— he said, "You're going to hear it from the horse's mouth. Don't worry, you're going to hear it from me. I'm a New York guy. What is he? What do? What did? He didn't say anything. What the team sucks. Buck Showalter is on his way out. It didn't work with Girardi in Philadelphia. It's going to work with Old Man Show Show-Walt, uh, Showalter in New York. Entering tonight, the team was eight games under 500, and they're winning tonight. Or did they win? They won. They won. Yeah, they won seven, seven to two. Th- some some power from
4: uh, Nimmo. A couple of home runs. They got." So that, what's uh, he so going to say? Vogel back ate his Cheerios, right? Vogel uh, back. They've been, fans have been I calling, mean, calling for like his like head, He's beefy. Uh, he's, he, 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 he's, he's beefy. He's beefy. He's spanky. Yeah. You know
3: he's what I'm spankier. saying? He's spanky. Well. He's got big arms. I like the guys that hit the weight loss. But what is Cohen going to say? Don't worry about it. I'll tell you first. I mean, really. I mean, with all the money, don't worry. I'm going to change the losing streak with the New York Mets. We're going to get over the the hump. This team has momentum. You suck. It's not even July 4th yet. You're eight games, seven games under 500. we We're just getting started right here on Carver and Lisi. When we come back, we'll touch on some other news and notes, maybe some news and notes
1: around the NFL as well Wet the pallet. Coming right back, leasing for Carver. Keep it where it is. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
5: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing.
3: we're back on Carver and Lisa's right here talking a little Major League Baseball. We got Rick Horrell coming up next uh, in next segment. Carver's out for the next couple of days. I'm in the cockpit. I'll be breaking down NFL and college in the second hour. Maybe get a uh, drive-by by Dave Sharapen as well. But I mentioned in the intro that Carver tweeted out uh, his Dinger Tuesday picks now I know Otani homered, so he was on him. You know what's amazing about Carver, and I love him, is that he bashes Otani, and and you know he pitches and he hits, but he always bets him on Dinger Tuesday. So he's got Otani in the in the till. He has Dela Cruz for the Reds. They're in a rain delay, so I don't know. I don't know if he homered yet. Did he? It's two one, and he's got Carroll. And he writes, it's all happening. I don't know if that's hopeful, wishful thinking or he's just drunk in Dorney Park with the no, kids. No, now, Dela
4: Cruz, I have uh, 0 for 3. No home so, run. All ever, right, so he's
3: got, he's got Otani. He's got Otani in the in the till. So so he needs he needs Carroll. And if they get started, the Reds have a uh, a two one lead in in the eighth inning. and They're in a rain delay. So if they resume, you need Baltimore to maybe tie it. You go to extras, and then maybe you get a walk off or you get a you know a, a home run in the top. Top of the tenth or eleventh, and maybe you make Carver some money. The kid's kid's unbelievable. He's got nineteen loaves under each arm. But I'll tell you, I don't know if Carver's as hot again as the Atlanta Braves because we talked about it last night. They just win, Mike. I mean, again, they six two against the Twins. I mean, I mean fifty two wins now, right? They're fifty two and twenty seven. So I, p- I mean,
4: they're playing six fifty ball. Six fifty ball. I mean, when you think about it. that. 10, it's un, unreal.
3: 6-2. Unreal. Here's the thing. I, I look at the box score. 6-2, 10 hits. They committed four errors tonight. Four errors, and they still won 6-2. You believe that? They they held the Minnesota Twins to two runs on seven hits. Uh, look, I, you
4: know, I don't Listen, know what they'll any do. Team that lets Fred, any team that lets Freddie Freeman walk, you, you know you're loaded. You're loaded. Uh,
3: I, I know. I'll just say this again. I don't know what they're going to do in the postseason, but you know they're a team that once they get in, you know they just seem to find a way to get it done. And I, I understand. You know, a couple of years ago they 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 beat the Astros. They got it done. But at the end of the day. This team is just so consistent, and and you know you know what's amazing is this is the consistency that Met fans had hoped and Cohen had hoped to bring New York, and both New York teams. We touched on it with the Yankees last night. They've all gone the same way. The ability to cultivate the young talent and, and the ability to, to to just recognize young players to develop them. You know you don't need to go completely young, and you don't need to go completely just, you know, we're going to buy the highest-paid All-Stars and win a division title or a World Series. You could sprinkle them in. And I think that, you know, Mike, we talked about the Yankees last night. Get your thoughts. But when the Yankees won with Jeter, you know, he was sprinkled in with the veterans, Right, David Justice and and Brocious back in the day, right? I mean, they always had well, like once you came around when
4: he came up, you yeah, he he came up. He, they had veterans on the team. They had a veteran pitching staff. Uh, led by Jimmy Key. Pettit was the the young pitcher on the team. They brought in Aaron Rodgers, Dwight Gooden. So they had a young pitching staff, I mean, a veteran pitching staff. And they had veteran players. In 96, they had Tina Martinez at first base, came over from Seattle. They had Charlie Hayes, a veteran third baseman. They had Wade Boggs, who switched over with Charlie Hayes. Uh, They had Mariano Duncan at second base. They had Joe Girardi behind the plate. They had Bernie Williams, who had been there for a number of years in center field. Paul O'Neill, the veteran in in, in right right field. And left field was a platoon until Strawberry. Deion James played a little bit. And and then they brought in Tim Raines as well. So it was a very heavy-laden team by the time there. Because Bernie was there already. Pettit was already there. And Mariano came around really in, in late '95 in the playoffs, and in '96 for, for him as well. And Posada was a little bit later, so uh, the team was heavily ve- veteran by then. You know, they
3: threw the game plan out the window, and we and and that's where they're at. But if you if you look at their crosstown rivals uh, and the Mets. What are they doing? All right, so they they opt for Buck Showalter. He's a player's coach. He'll get it done. If they limp under five hundred, they don't challenge the Braves in the second half of the season. What do they do? What does Cohen do? Do you get rid of Buck Showalter and then what do you do? You need a recognizable name in New York, right? So you need somebody no, that can handle uh, uh, the this... pressure. You're gonna go back to Girardi. You're gonna you're gonna have Joe no, Girardi no. In, in the dugout. So then where do they this start? This
4: doesn't fall this doesn't fall on the manager here although it's been uninspiring but you you look around baseball that it's a, it's a different generation of players there's no accountability uh, you you look at the Yankees and, and the mental mistakes they make. That's that's kind of epidemic in baseball. To me, the Mets at this point need to look at teams that are in the pennant race. The, the Angels surprisingly are in the pennant race. Do you know? Try and make a move with them possibly. That was a surprise. No one expected the Angels to be in the pennant race here. See what the Dodgers might need. You know, teams that are that are possibly in the pennant race that have money that have deep pockets that could spend money. Uh, you, you look to them, and who knows? The, the Braves might be in the market for somebody. Maybe they, they they could be looking for somebody to possibly help them out. But they've got over eighty million dollars invested in their pitching. They got a ton of money in Lindor, over three hundred and twenty million dollar payroll, uh, and and so far they're, they're almost ten games under five hundred, thirty six okay. and forty three.
3: So if I would have told all Matt and Yankee fans that at the end of June, okay. Where we are heading into the month of July, the Yankees would be twenty to one to win the World Series, and the Mets would be forty-five to one. Behind the likes of the Diamondbacks, the Phillies, the Orioles, the Twins, the Giants, the Blue Jays, nobody would have bought into that. This is our year. We're gonna do it. We got every. We got Verlander. Don't worry about it. We're gonna be just fine. We got Lindor, Pete Alonso, Big Cat right? I mean, come on. It it is amazing that the consistency for Atlanta, just all they do is pick them up and put them down. They don't care who they play. They're playing the best team, the worst team. They find ways to gut, gut wins out. And that's what Tampa Bay does on the American League as well with the Yankees. Only time will tell. Let's we'll see if both teams are standing. Maybe one of them. Listen, Joe, the Mets like need to time. win
4: almost 55 games to make the playoffs. They have 36 wins. They need to win like 52, 53 games. And oh, by the way, we haven't heard from Artie, right? Long Island recently, oh, right? Since so the Mets have been on this game.
3: You're going to call Artie You're going to call. You're gonna call out already he's gonna abuse you what they don't he's have phone lines in Long 30. Island anymore <laughs> uh, Carver called them out a couple of weeks ago let me give you the NL East odds right now uh minus three thousand for Atlanta Philadelphia right now they have a five one lead uh on Chicago they're twenty four to one to win the NL East Miami is thirty eight to one Mets are fifty five to one right now followed by the Nationals at two hundred and fifty to one amazing Amazing when you think about that. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, a part of me still wants to take a shot on, on Philadelphia and Miami just to have that type of price. I would never do it with the, with the obvious Mets because I think they suck. And you know what? Even though I, mean, the, I picked the, the Miami is
4: 12 games. Miami is 12 games over 500. Think about yeah, that. And 30, the Padres 51. with their payroll, they're five games under 500. How
3: about that? So that the, the so it's, it's a bizarre world in
4: baseball. Oh, it's a bizarre world in baseball. This year. It's like the Dolphins, they just want
3: to go to the beach. They want to have some drinks. They want to go out, enjoy the nightlife. Doesn't matter what part of Florida you're at, and sports are yeah, they're into the sports, but it's basically secondary. Yeah, if we go to a game, you want to go to a Marlins game? Yeah, after the club, we'll go. Yeah, we'll check it out. We'll pull a bender, and we'll be all right. That's that's the mindset in Miami. Come on, we know that. I, I mean, when's the last time the well, have you got to
4: have South had, Beach?
3: I haven't I've been gone to, to South, South Beach recently. No, like, I've been to I've been to the Boca area. Obviously, Palm Beach, Gardens, West Palm, in that area on the East Coast. But, but the only time the the Dolphins really sell out, let's be honest, is when they play the Jets, and all the New York fans come down to South Beach and Hard That That is the only time that South Beach is packed. With football fans, when we come back, we'll be joined by our business insider, Rick Harrell, right here on Corver and Leasing. coming right back. Keep your word
1: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
0: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
2: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reason you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
3: Ripping right back here on Carver and Lisi. Lisi in the cockpit right now. Give you a quick update on some baseball games. Philadelphia 5-1 on the Cubbies. They're at the bottom of the ninth. Minus three and a half. Minus a thousand if you want to take a shot on the Phillies. 4-3 now. Texas broke through. Bottom eight man on the Two outs, and now Cleveland 2 1 against the Kansas City Royals top nine, minus 1800 for the Guardians and plus 940 for the Royals. If you want to take a shot, we're joined as always on every Tuesday by our business and legal insider, Rick Harrow. And he joins us now. Where are you? Are you on the mainland, Rick? In Florida? Carver's in the bathroom, he's coming right back.
6: Oh boy, is he? Is that correct? That's uh, interesting. So that's what Wally Pipp said. He never made it back. Uh, so
0: uh, I, I, I'm in the I'm in the I'm in the mainland,
6: but I'm in the mainland until Tuesday. Uh, actually, Monday night I'll be flying the morning of the, uh, the uh, morning of the fourth. I guess it's patriotic, but I'll be at Wimbledon for three days, and, and then I'm going to wow. tee it up a little bit. In Aberdeen, and then uh, I've got some speeches in Norway and Sweden. So we got about we got about two two and a half weeks of of uh, you know listen because when you're in Florida in the summer right where do you go well you go to the Arctic Circle <laughs> So that's about as good as it gets.
3: Well, uh, I don't know if you saw. I know you watched the Travelers, right? But you were on with us last week. Did you know that Carver had Keegan Bradley at 100-1? to He broke through. He had the top three players in the golf for the Travelers on the final round Sunday. He had it locked and loaded. The kid made more money than you do in a speaking engagement.
6: That's pretty bright. And that means he's a sophisticated, you know, golf fan because – Uh, keegan bradley he watched it and i was there on the friday the uh you know he grew up in he grew up in vermont and that's his favorite tournament and he said that that was the one absent the majors that was the most important tournament he could win so he certainly was motivated and it was probably good for golf but i do know one thing it's good for golf and it's better for carver
3: it's huge for Carver. He's, he's rolling now with the Dinger Tuesday here. He's got a couple of guys that he's hoping on to hit home runs. He already had Otani. The kid's just rolling it. He's with the family actually in Dorney Park or one of those water parks up in uh, Pennsylvania. I actually told him just book Caro and tell him don't tell him that you're a we- off on vacation. I just wanna I wanna just have Rick solely to myself for potentially two segments uh, two segments and just talk business and and legal. I know he'll
6: enjoy it so that's why this is your punishment This that week. was perfect no actually that was actually perfect and uh uh i think somebody blew the cover maybe it was uh mafia when i was on with pharrell this afternoon because pharrell had said uh, that uh you know you're doing it solo tonight because carver's on vacation and uh just so you know uh i said hey that's great because i don't get a chance to spend time with lisey anyway so just as well <laughs>
3: All right. So before we get into some some uh, news and notes, I did find some things I do want to talk about with you on the business aspect in terms of uh, the NFL. A couple of stories that broke later this week, but I did want to ask you about the USFL and and I know they had their playoffs this past weekend and Birmingham won again. And now this team, when you look at the body of work over two years, 20 and three overall, right? Is that good for the league to potentially have? I don't I don't want to say a dynasty but a team as dominant as the Birmingham Stallions have had because when you look at both leagues the XFL and the USFL right now I feel like the USFL has a little more traction after this season
6: yeah that may be right but it also might be because you know out of sight out of mind the USFL is now and the XFL is two months ago but I, I don't know who the winner is I do know that you know, The Rock and, and Danny Garcia were published to have lost $60 million. That's a lot of money. Uh, but I also know the USFL has no crowds, but that was also planned. So we'll have to see. I, to answer your question, uh, I, I don't, you know, the, the the team winning a lot at the top uh, is is okay. But the the real problem are the teams that go one and nine and, you know, the teams that are not competitive. Uh, and you know, like Orlando was, for example, in the in the in the I'm just saying in the in the XFL. And so, uh, I guess mathematically, if you're going to have a team that is 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 really really good, you can also have one or two that are really really bad, and that is not good for the league. So, you know, the the leagues always set up a system, Joe, you know, for parity. The draft it goes from top to bottom. It's random, but in a in a startup league, there's always the opportunity for. Uh, general managers and coaches uh, to really outperform uh, anybody else, and uh, you know that we're 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 seeing it with Birmingham. You're right in the USFL.
3: Yeah, I, I do want to transition right now to to the college game as well because I read a report. I think it was on Front Office Sports where it said like the new wave of realignment for college football hinges. On the Pac-12, and I, I just I, I can't wrap my head around that in, in regards to, you know, the next wave of realignment because it really hinges on the teams, not the actual conference, right? So, it, it, meaning you're a legal attorney if you're if you're a, an attorney for the Pac-12. What are you advising them to keep the attrition, to to, to keep teams like Oregon and Washington within the conference? Without USC and UCLA right now, they don't have anything, and from a TV rights deal, it's not really going very well with CBS at the moment.
6: Well, you know, what, 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 what you're really saying, I think, too, is that that's the next domino to fall no matter what happens because the teams aren't happy. And, uh, you know, the uh, the Arizonas and Arizona states of the world uh, will be next uh, after they try to figure out what to do with Cal and Stanford. And, uh, you know, Colorado and Utah, I think, are and Washington and Washington State are probably kind of like the free balls. Uh, not fair, because Utah has been the class of that league for so long. They just play in a market that's kind of small and, uh, you know, are treated that way. So I, I don't know how to advise – the athletic directors to make money out out, at a whole cloth. I'd be very, very creative and try to figure out how I continue to have that West coast window. that would be mine. Uh, when maybe we're willing to play a few of those, uh, you know, off week Friday night, that's dangerous to even bring up. But, uh, you know, that late Saturday night window seems to be theirs, but that doesn't help on the East coast. So from a TV perspective, they got a lot of a lot of work to do.
3: Yeah, so we saw obviously the situation with San Diego State and and the Mountain West, right? They asked for uh, a break in terms of their buyout. The Mountain West said absolutely yeah. not. But to go off of what you just said about Utah. If you're Utah and you're you've won back to back now or, or, or Pac-12 championships, right? I mean, think about that for a second. They are the Pac-12 champs, and now that you, USC and UCLA are no longer going to be in the conference next year, should they proactively? And I I, I know it's tough because they're already uh, you know in a conference, right? So you really have to be. Very from a legal aspect, you can't overly overstate it. But can you put out feelers to say, like, you know, we should be more proactive and say we'd be open to leaving the Pac 12? Because if Oregon and Washington bolt, they're going to be left holding the bag and it's not going to benefit them in any capacity from a football perspective.
6: The athletic directors that I know, um, the you know, I know, uh, Stanford's really well, uh, California's well. Uh, I I went to law school with uh, with the AD at Arizona State, uh, Ray Anderson. So, look, they know how to protect themselves, meaning they they know how to pick up the phone and know what to uh, do politically uh, to make themselves available. They'll be talking to their presidents and their trustees all the time. They will let people know whether they're willing to move and at what price. And it's a game of three-dimensional chess. Uh, And so, you know, when you think about what Texas and Oklahoma did together uh, three years ago, nobody expected it. But they were the ones that made it happen, just like USC and UCLA were uh, proactive uh, last year and they knew how to make it happen. So I I don't think the teams that are left in the Pac-12 are there because they don't know how to pick up the phone and make calls. They just need some critical mass.
3: See, and I, I wanted to get your take. I think if I'm Utah, if I'm Colorado, I'm actively approaching the Big 12 as that next conference, right? Because at the end of the day, if they can align themselves and we've heard uh, prime time and, and Deion Sanders mentioned that they're potentially a candidate for the, for the big 12, you always go in groups of two for the, for that matter, right? So Utah and Colorado attach or align themselves with the big 12 conference. And obviously Texas and Oklahoma move on to the sec. That conference isn't that bad, not just from a football perspective or basketball, but from a revenue perspective, they solidified now a lot of sponsorship. If they could get both of those teams.
6: Yeah. Well, fair. It's a big year, by the way, Joe, for Colorado uh, with all of the transfers and all of the transformation that Deion Sanders is doing. He's got medical issues, too, as we know. But uh, are they going to be, you know, three and, and, uh, and nine or are they going to be competitive uh, it's a total transformation, and uh, this is a year where Colorado doesn't have to guarantee they're going to be good, but they got to show they got the best. For.
3: Yeah, we'll come back. We'll talk to Rick as well. Some NFL, some Olympic talk right here on Carver. We Keep it where it
2: is.
0: And if you love the fillet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba da ba ba ba.
3: And we're back on Carver and Lisi. in the cockpit right now. Quick update on some of the baseball. Uh, Dodgers five nothing over the Rockies. They're in the top eight. Total is seven and a half. White Sox still trailing the Angels one nothing. And look at these Athletics, Rick one nothing over the Yankees right now. And the Rays answer the Diamondbacks total over right now fifteen and a half. It's six to four in favor of the Diamondbacks. Bottom three still two one. Uh, Nationals and actually Mariners lead the Nationals two one. Top four. So here's what I read, Rick, in terms of the some of the breaking stories, and I didn't. I apologize, didn't get your your email this week, but I think these will be on there nonetheless. I read an article about Kevin Warren and the Chicago Bears about the stadium now sale and moving the stadium to the suburbs. Is that a stalemate? Is that true? And there potentially is another city involved in the bidding war for the Chicago Bears.
6: Well, it never was easy, and uh, when Kevin Warren – uh, did the deal in minnesota uh, and he became the president of the vikings uh he put that deal together with u.s bank and right at a site that was kind of easy to deal with but none of these deals are easy I, you know i spent years doing stadium things in arlington heights you have an option all of a sudden that's not the right answer a lot of it depends on state city and federal funding the city of Chicago, I don't care what they say about stepping away from it or not, that's still in play as far as the soldier field site. So, you know, there may be four or five or six other locations before this is over. And, uh, again, it's, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, the Bears in Chicago, when you find the site, it better be the right site, because that is a huge investment credibility-wise and economically, too.
3: And I can't believe, as a as a, 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 just an avid football fan like myself, like you think about, you know, tradition and Dick Buckus and just, you know, championships, Dicko, Walter Payton, right, that the Bears would never leave Chicago and move to the suburbs. But it's sort of similar to what the Jets and Giants did, right? So if they found that type of alliance in the suburbs of Chicago or in another type of state – You can't say it's out of the realm of possibility because look at what the Maras are doing, raking in the the millions and billions in East
2: Rutherford.
6: Everybody thought when the Cowboys and Jerry Jones were looking at sites in downtown Dallas, you'd never think they would consider moving to Arlington. Uh, Downtown Los Angeles was going to be where the Rams or the Chargers were going to be right next to Staples Center. You know, they end up in Arlington. Uh, the, uh, you know, every example has another example, the, uh, Detroit lions were looking to stay in Pontiac, they had a super bowl there. The Ford family said, we're going to leave some money on the table, but we need to go to downtown Detroit cause it's going to renovate each of the downtown versus suburban locations has a different story to it. Depends on the ownership, depends on the politics, depends on the city.
3: Yeah, another article I read. I believe it was on front office, and, and I want I want props for this, Rick, because I rarely do this, but I'm doing this because Carver's out, and I want I want your anointing for how good of a story this is. How five iron golf is modernizing the golf movement across the United States. I know you love pickleball. You talk about how that's revolutionizing, you know, cities throughout the country. What about this five iron golf now?
6: Well, listen, first of all, I'm anointing anything that you do research-wise because, you know, like I said, uh, when you get uh, – uh, I'm going to ask Carver if we want him to change his name to Wally Pitt because he ain't coming back, okay? <laughs> I I love dealing with you. This is great. This is awesome, man. You get a gold star and a platinum star and a red star and any other stars you want. Um, as for the sports that are really popular, we talk about pickleball and there are 40 million people uh, – you know, golf is an interesting story because up until maybe 10 years ago, it was the stuffiness of private clubs. And eh, let me say before Tiger. After Tiger, you know, we opened up to the masses, and now you got Five Iron Golf, as we said. We've got uh, uh, Top Golf. We've got Drive Shack. We've got others of the kind of combination of miniature golf and, uh, and entertainment. So now that we're counting uh, golf uh, participation as not just the regular 18 hole variety, you got a whole lot of things that are opening to themselves.
3: Yeah. We'll see. You know, I mean, that five iron golf is believe it or not. I mean, that's a game I think I could play as long as it's just like chipping and, and stuff like that. I mean, I think I could get into that. I suck at driving, believe it or not. And that's, that's where I go right off. I can't get it down the fairway, fairway at all. And that's why I lose my patience in terms of golf as a sport, but We'll see how that plays out in regards to growth and if it could catch on obviously throughout the country later in the year. I did want to bring up another uh, situation in the Olympics. I read that Paris now is not going to obviously serve alcohol. I mean, what are we doing here? I mean, all these countries come to compete for the Olympics in Paris, and now they're not going to offer any stitch of alcohol sales at all to the public?
6: Well, you know when Qatar did it for the World Cup, and they made the decision to do that a week and a half before the World Cup started, uh, and, and I was there. And you could still have some alcohol at Western hotels, but not at the venues. Uh, Budweiser, everybody went crazy. Now at least they're giving them notice. But that was a religious uh, issue for a country that was predominantly Muslim. Uh, I don't get. I know it's a safety thing and. And, uh, you know you're leaving a lot of money on the table uh, it's not just the athletes I'm not sure what kind of signal you're sending but you really are leaving a lot of money on the table and I know the Olympic Committee needs to figure out how they're going to compensate for that uh, over time but the only advantage is you know you think about it this far in advance and they can figure out maybe they have uh, different places where they'll sell it not at the venues themselves But uh, if people want the alcohol, maybe they can still get it. It won't be as easy, but they'll get it.
3: Another thing I wanted to bring up, I don't know if you watched it last night, but the College World Series with LSU just dominating Florida in game number three. It went down to the final game. LSU takes a very tight game that went into the bottom of the eighth. They get the home run to break through in game one. They get kicked in the ass in game two and then just spanked the Florida Gators uh, last night in dominating fashion en route to the College World Series championship. But, you know, I, I look at not just LSU, but the, the schools in the SEC, right? How the success, and and Ben and I talked about it in regards to, the, you know, the Ole Miss baseball team and the South Carolina women's team team that won a couple of years ago and obviously lsu's women's basketball team you know that all starts from the growth in my opinion of of how dominant nick saban and alabama were in terms of winning six national championships that when college football is successful in one school and has dominance for as long as it does, it really does trickle down to the other sports in terms of the revenue and more importantly in terms of sponsorship and, and TV revenue, right? So so when you look at the Pac-12 where they failed, where did they go wrong? Is it just the fact that they did not have dominant teams in terms of college football, not making the, the college football playoffs since 2017?
6: I think it's a lot of that, but also when you think of some of the basketball led legacies uh, that it just haven't been as good as they used to. So, you know, you you can't say uh, every UCLA basketball team after John Wooden uh, wasn't that good. But when you consider what UCLA was like 30, 40 years ago versus today in basketball, no comparison. Same thing in Arizona, you know, the Lute Olson era. Uh, So... Uh, you, you could say it's not just football, but it's basketball as well. And as far as the SEC is concerned, they had a, they, they all have had a really great time for college baseball, right? Look how good Vanderbilt has always been. Obviously, Florida, LSU, SEC versus SEC. You know, Alabama almost got there this year. They certainly did on the basketball floor. Uh, and by the way, kind of a bittersweet week for LSU, So they lose 24-4, to then they come back and win going away yesterday. But Les Miles uh, will never be eligible for the Hall of Fame now. They, I guess, lose 37 wins because of their, their, their cheating scandal. So, you know, you win a national championship this week, but you also get whacked in football
3: yeah and that puts the pressure I believe on Brian Kelly even more right when you have this secondary yeah. oh, sports yeah. winning you know like baseball and basketball all eyes are on the football program right it's, and you know it's a, it's much like New York in, in, in Baton Rouge you over exceed expectations in year one you can't regress right there's no turning back it's either SEC championship college football playoff or bust so we'll see how LSU does this season in terms of football I heard as well that there's been some growth and I have a a friend of mine her son plays uh, lacrosse I know it's a growing sport here on the east coast but the professional lacrosse league is now making strides is it making strides in the gambling aspect or more on the viewership side
6: on the viewership and the attendance side they need to make strides on the gambling side and and you know a lot of states are allowing it as a specific sport the indoor game has stabilized There are, you know, teams in the the Northeast, clearly, but uh, uh, Denver, uh, some of the Canadian franchises, and of course the outdoor game is big and has always been big as well. So, lacrosse has a very, very avid following. Uh, It's a little bit of a TV sport, but it is heading in the right direction.
3: Any update with the EA lawsuit right now where that's going to linger, you think, until until the release, or we don't know exactly what's going to play out just yet because they circumvented the NIL, uh, NIL uh, company that the NCAA hired?
6: Well, that may not be as big an issue as being able to settle with the individual athletes, uh, right? And, and so the likenesses and what the value is. Uh, it's going to linger because they got a lot of lawyers, and the lawyers are going to ask for the depositions, and they all get paid. And, uh, you know, my argument is you can't have too many lawyers, and if that means it's going to drag it out for a while, that means more money for more lawyers. What do you think of that?
3: Yeah, um, unbelievable. I should have been a lawyer. I, I'm pushing my daughter to be a lawyer. $800 an Rick. What do you think? You know, double it up. Uh, I see that DirecTV also now has the red zone. What what good is having the red zone if you don't have, obviously, the games now? All the games being broadcast on YouTube, right? They're offering a, a $50 discount, but DirecTV expects to make up the revenue with the red zone?
6: Well, that's the rights that they residually could have, and it's like more power to you. Try to figure it out. Uh, I'm going to watch the red zone only uh, you know, as part of a, a big package uh, through, you, through uh, YouTube with uh, all of the games uh, around. So uh, I think Sunday Ticket is going to be a lot different this year because a lot of people are going to test what it means if they're an avid fan of just getting the away games on traditional network as well as the home games, and maybe people are going to sit a year out. There's going to be a whole group of fans who will not do that, and it'll be business as usual, even at a higher rate. So we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out, especially as we get closer to September.
3: Well, Jim, before we go to break, what if they had, like, partnered? I know they partner with sportsbooks, but to actually have, like, the sportsbook app inside the red zone, is that possible, or are they going to do it with an
6: wrap? Quick, yes or no? Uh, they got to do it within rapid, uh, rapid, but uh, the the technology is evolving. So within the next year, they'll be able to do a lot more than they are today.
3: Rick, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining me tonight. Can't wait for next week. Safe trip to Wimbledon. We're coming back.
0: And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
3: Yeah! A little, what is that twisted sister thing? Back on carrots right. Love the twisted sister. Big boots. Friday of the kinky hair Oh. Unbelievable. It was Back the 80s, man. It was MTV it was the at the 80s, height I of it. No, nobody remembers the 80s. Come on. We're, you're dating ourselves. We're supposed to be <laughs> under 30. <laughs> under 30. Great insight from Rick under Harrell. 30. Great insight in some of the uh, sports' biggest topics. They're underway again in Baltimore. Uh, Cincinnati looking to break a three-game losing streak. They have the lead 3-1. I wonder if De La Cruz got a home run. I don't know, Mike. Did De La Cruz hit one for Carver? Top uh, eight. No. No line, no score, no uh, total. It's 3-1 top eight. Dodgers still kn- nodded 5 nothing bottom nine. So that's signed, sealed, and delivered. Unless you want to close your eyes and take the Rockies plus 3,500. 2 nothing, Angels, bottom four, two outs. And the Yankees getting kicked right between the legs by the Athletics. How do you lose to them? I know the Athletics have been playing better, but still, come on. Look at this. Your boy, Brito's on the mound. Over six and a half, plus 106. my boy. Your boy. 7-4 now, Diamondbacks over the Rays. That total is amazing. That total got to 15 and a half. It's now 14 and a half at minus 122. And now 3-1. Top five Mariners lead the Nationals. I don't know what's going on with the duel. We have no line up there. No total, no line. Locked. Something's happening. Double, triple. Double play. I don't know what's going on. Two outs there. There we go. Eight and a half minus 140. You want to take a shot on the Nationals plus 380. I actually want to take a shot on this race. 14 and a half. I might dive in. 14 and a half. I've never seen an over I don't like. In hour number two, we will talk strictly NFL and college football and maybe be blessed by the sportsbook, Con.